understand what Pastor Dan is talking about. And I'm going to be explaining that to all of you today regarding who you really are, the importance of you. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord, those that are joining us. I, I, I want you to recognize your importance. I want you to understand is when <clears throat> your pastors get up here and lead worship or speak the word of God or prophesy over you, you need to understand that we are doing it in obedience to the Holy Spirit and recognizing your identity. We find in our world today, identity is a, a huge word, terminology. Confusion is out there of who people are. People are looking for their place, their purpose, their reality in life. A lot of people are just floating around in this world, not understanding who they are, their identity. And today I'm going to begin in talking about a member in the family is how to build God's kingdom. But in order to build God's kingdom, you have to know what God placed in you. And what God placed in you is, is so vital and so real and so open from what he has done. I'm going to explain it to you in the next couple of weeks, but I want you also to realize I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for this Thanksgiving weekend, just the reality of what God has done in you. As Pastor Dan was talking about the heart of the Father and come to him even in your sin, we have a tendency to look at life, to add things up and come into a negative atmosphere because, you know, two minus three is minus one. And that's where a lot of people are living their life. They're living in negativity because they haven't realized what God has already done. God has done something very peculiar, very real for you and for me. No matter how young or how old you are in this sanctuary or watching uh, on TV or your computer, I want you to recognize that we have to do a shift in our recognition of being a member of the family of God. Every one of us need to listen very intently. A lot of you are here, you're faith-filled, you're walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you have purpose in your heart, you're reaching out, God is blessing you in many areas. But I want you to recognize today, God is wanting to even pierce that joy and give you greater joy because you have greater understanding of who you are. I've been involved with Valley Community Church since 1979. I really cannot describe to you the impact this church or you, part of my church family, has made on me. So far, what we've learned in teaching about being a member, and by the way, being a member, you can go online and join. Uh, we have given you the governance of this church and how we function as the body of Christ and how we protect 
the spirituality and the anointing of God in this place through governance, through eldership ministry and leadership. But I want you to understand that we've learned in being a member that we believe in Jesus, we belong to God's family, and that we become a follower of Jesus. In other words, our steps are ordered of the Lord. And because they're ordered of the Lord, you and I can, through tragedy, through loss, through hurt, through the fear of COVID, that now we're hearing that fear again, the reality of sickness and disease that was not God's plan in the beginning. Death was not God's plan in the beginning. But what sin has brought us is all these things in this world. But listen to me, Jesus Christ has overcome this world. And we have to see things through the eyes of God, through the anointed leading of the Holy Spirit, knowing these things. So this morning, let's talk about how we build God's kingdom how we grow our family, how we grow our church, how we grow our businesses, how we grow our jobs, our finances, every area of our life, it is realizing that God has placed in you an amazing purpose and a reality of vision and direction for your life, and that confusion is not of God, confusion is not what you should walk in that you are a man or a woman of God that has absolute reality of the kingdom, what God has already done, that sin, watch this, what I'm going to say, we'll explain it later, that sin cannot destroy what God planned in your life because Jesus Christ came and took that sin upon himself so that you could renew in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, what God has called you to be. And I want to applause you because of what God has done in you and also what you as a body of Christ, when you truly see it properly, you will be able to attain greater things for your children, your children's children. You'll be able to obtain things in your marriage, every area of your life. You will be able to walk in this power and purpose. Speaking of purpose, let's remember our purpose of Valley Community Church is to help every person develop an intimate relationship with God. That's our DNA. Everything we do, we try everything that we say is to create an atmosphere where you can literally have intimacy, greater intimacy with God. Part of this relationship with God is understanding our roles in the kingdom of God. So, bottom line, every one of you have a role. There are many people that will go to church for decades and decades and don't understand their role. But in Valley Community Church, as your pastor, as an under-shepherd of Jesus Christ, I'm going to show you your role. I'm going to show you who you are and your personality. Again, as I said last week, I'm not trying to put every one of you in the same mold. We're all different. We're all peculiar. As I said last week, some of us more peculiar than others. But the reality is you have a role and a purpose here 
as a member of the body of Christ. So how we can use our special gifts and talents God gave to you to fulfill your purpose. So understanding the role and who you are will help you attain the purposes of God. Some of our greatest difficulties in life is because we don't understand the role, and because we don't understand the role, then we can't fulfill fully the purposes of God in our life. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you specifically and purposefully about your purpose today and next week. God has a unique vision for you as an individual, collectively as husband and wife and family, and collectively as a church body and universally as a church. The biggest question is when you join a church and don't know what ministry truly is, you will always think it is the person that stands on the platform that is the minister. And I want to say to you that every one of us are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you have been in church a long time. You've heard this type of message. But I want to tell you again, don't shut out greater revelation of what you already know. I'm really, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in the middle of the week and said, listen, there are some that are there. They are doing great in the kingdom of God. They know who they are in Christ, but they need to know greater because what I have for them is greater. God has breakthrough for you today. It is something you can break through in every area of your life. You can have that. Those that are watching on screen, you can have that breakthrough. Listen intently to the words that God has given me to say to you, because what I'm going to do spiritually, prophetically, I'm going to speak words from the throne room of God that will give you understanding how to break through today in those areas that you've struggled in. Now, the biggest question again is, you always think it's the guy up front. It's the person that's, you know, dressing nicer than you or whatever. No, that is the opposite of the kingdom of God reality, the way God sees it. God doesn't see me, and then he possibly sees you. God sees us collectively as a family, and we need to recognize that in such a, a, a reality. So let's discuss your role in the church. How important are you? How important of what you do allows the fullness of God to manifest in this church? Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. Let's read this. It is speaking of the fivefold pulpit office, other scripture that we may touch on in a few weeks, uh, that it speaks of the seven body offices. Collectively, there are 12 offices in the church that we all have a role in, but there's one thing that we all do. One thing that we all do, and we'll find that out later. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the work of 
the ministry, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So when we recognize that we are, are called and we recognize that there's a part of the body of Christ that equips, then we also will understand we will grow in a greater realm because we know that role. <clears throat> now, these are gifts Jesus gave when he ascended from earth. So when Jesus was here, the all in all, God himself went and sat on the right hand of the Father. He gave gifts to fulfill the role that he filled. <clears throat> I'm pausing there, not because I'm clearing my throat. That's just, no, I don't need water. That's just normal with me now at 64 years of age, and you just have to get used to it or get over it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> these are gifts that Jesus gave, all right? So now, understand, the fivefold pulpit, also the seven body of our gifts. We all are gifts to one another. And we need to receive each other as that. That's why disunity, uh, offense, defensiveness is not in the body of Christ. And we have to understand how important that each person sitting next to us is to the Lord, to the church, and to each other. Jesus, now, Jesus did not give the gift of an apostle to a person. I want you to listen closely. This is some of you who've known the Lord for a long time. I want you to hear this. He gave a person as an apostle, as a gift to the body of Christ. So my role is not for me. My role in the body of Christ is for you. Your role in the church, well, this is my gift. This is what I do. This is what I, your role is not for you. I is not in the equation. It's us. It's in the equation. So people say, well, I have the gift of an evangelist. Well, if you really have it, then you are an evangelist and you are a gift to the body of Christ. There is a role, there's a purpose why you are called to be an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher or an encourager. Let me say it this way. Don't get mad at me. It sounds kind of prideful. I forewarned you two weeks ago I was going to say this. I am a gift from Jesus to you. It's not pride. I am a gift from Jesus to you. You are a gift from Jesus to me and to each other. You got to get this because it, it destroys church after church, disunity, growth, everything in the church. When we don't understand this as a body of Christ, as a family of God, then we see things manifest that cause hurt and anger. There are some that don't attend church because they've been hurt from church. And it wasn't the church's fault, but it's because the way they looked at church. And we have to get to a place in our life that we recognize that we are, watch this, human. Human. I am a gift to you, and you can't return me like you do on December 26th. 
So before we go on, I want you to catch this little difference. Again, here it is. Listen closely. Jesus gave gifts to men, and in those gifts, he then gives those people who have those gifts to the body of Christ. You are given, you function in a role as a gift to the body of Christ. And after a while, you will learn what title or what information that role is. You are a person as a gift to one another. We are people, humans, that are gifts to one another. But we have to recognize that in that, after a while, you will begin to function in a specific role. But that doesn't change that you are a gift, even though you function in that role. Yes, I'm the lead pastor of this church, but my role is I'm a human, I'm a person who's a gift to you. Pausing again. Because when we go a little bit further, what we find is that religion destroys. And religion is I'm this you got to receive me as this. No, I am a gift to you, and I will serve you. Let's go on. Pastor, why are you saying this? Because after almost 43 years of ministry, I have watched as a supervisor overseeing churches, church after church, get destroyed because people don't get along because they want everybody to see that this is who they are and lift them up as king. And there ain't no kings here except one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we read the scripture about the five pulpit offices that, we, that scripture calls them, and they do the same thing. Watch this. They do it differently. There's... There's like personalities. We're all peculiar. There's different personalities, but they accomplish the same thing. In Ephesians 4, in this same thing, what do they do? They equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My main focus as a lead pastor, now listen to me. I am a lead pastor. My main focus is to teach you the word of God create an atmosphere here so that you can have intimacy with God. But here's my role. I am a gift to you, and I am to serve you and serve you as a gift of God, that you are important in the body of Christ. I don't look down on anybody. I don't look up. I honor all people because even though you may not be functioning as a gift to others, walking in pride or walking in selfishness, I will love you because I know what God has already done. And one day you will learn that and become a servant to one another. Amen? All right, let's go on. So a prophet prophesies, but he is to equip the body of Christ to prophesy. An evangelist evangelizes. Many instances leads people to the Lord. But what does he do? He teaches others to lead people to the Lord. Why? Because we're all 
we all have a role and a ministry in this church, outside the church, in your family, in your marriage, everywhere of your life, that's who you are. He is to equip the saints in how to hear God and move in the prophetic gifts. There, there is a lot of people running around saying, I'm a prophet. When I, when I first returned here a little over 15 years ago, I had three people within six months say, I'm a prophet. Let me stand up and prophesy to the church. And I said, I don't even know who you are. I'm not going to do that. No, you're not a prophet. You're a man who maybe be called to be a prophet, but you're to serve. We're not here to serve you because of your call, because of your anointing. So I'm a prophet, but they're, they're not equipping anyone. They're wanting to just look spiritual. Now, I didn't make this up. God wrote, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, are to equip the saints. So bottom line, that's why that's what I focus on. That's my mainstay. I, I will counsel. I will, you know, hang out for years. I used to cut grass. I used to, you know, clean the whole yard, all the different things and everything that I did because I was a servant. I knew that. I will still do that. I come in sometimes on Mondays when the office is closed because I work on Mondays and I come in to study and to pray and I'm picking up paper for the first 15 minutes even after Eddie's been here, Richard's been here picking up paper because people just want to throw trash on the church property. And so I'll pick it up. Why? Because I'm a servant. I'm never too big to do whatever it takes for this place to function. Because why? I know my role as a servant. <clears throat> now, let me explain that a little bit deeper. All of us who are believers are saints. As a saint, we can reach out to those around us in our own communities. So you just don't have a ministry here. You have a ministry outside the church. So what is required of me as a believer in this role? I want to give you three things all of us as believers are in building the kingdom of God because that's our, one of our main focuses, building the kingdom of God. When you go into a store, is that person born again? When you go into a restaurant, is that waitress or waiter born again? Is there some way, somehow, you can be gracious to that person, even though they're busy running around, and let them see the kingdom of God in you? Tell them about Jesus Christ. There are too many believers today who think that's just my job to do. But I want to tell you, everybody's job is in that role is to show people Christ, to equip people Christ, to allow Christ to be visible to everybody. So let's begin now on these three things. First of all, we need to be available. Every one of us, we need to be available. God is not looking for ability. He is looking for availability because God has already given us the ability. You can't work for it or earn it. Yes, you can better it. You can study it, learn about it more. But God is looking for availability, not ability. God can and will use anyone who is available. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 
I, my, my life, I want people not to be like me. I want people to be like Christ. So I am living my life like Christ lived his. And I want people to learn that. That is your role everywhere you're at. Oh, I know when you go to work, there are bylaws or rules that say, you know, you can't witness, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. I'm not talking about rebellion against rules of your job. Don't do that. I don't want you to lose your job because you can get fired for stuff like that. But I'm telling you that you can live that life in front of people. People will run to you. Let me just give you a little secret. It's not because I stand up here. It's not because I'm a lead pastor. I go places they don't even know I'm a pastor. And then people will come up to me and say, what is different about you? What do you mean? Do I smell? You know, I mean, I don't know. What is different about you? I know what it is because that is my role. I am to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the way I speak to people, the way I talk to people, the way I'm around people, am I perfect? No, far from it. But when I do that, I am a witness for the, for the kingdom of God. And in that role, my role isn't pastor. My role is a person who's gifted as a pastor, teacher. But my role is what? There you go. Is to go out and serve others. And so when I'm in a restaurant, even if it's a fancy restaurant, that waiter is more important than my food. That waitress is more important. There are times I have, the Holy Spirit has used me to minister, to touch lives, to lead people to Christ, not because I'm any better than anybody else, but I understand my role. That's why. That power, that ability comes from God. It doesn't come from because I'm gifted. I am gifted but it came from God. And the reality is when I am doing that, I'm living my life on the golf course, wherever I'm at, and I am doing those things in the gym, whatever it is, you know, I am a servant. I am a, a man who has an ability given by God, but my role is to serve others. Now, many have never stepped out inside the church or outside the church, which we call marketplace, because you're concerned about your abilities. Oh, I could never do that. That's not my personality. That's not what I'm called to do. You know, we get into these levels of understanding of our, of our Christian walk and everything, and we say all those things. Let me just tell you, it's not about ability, it's about your availability. Are you available for that extra 15 seconds? I find myself sometimes when I'm really busy and moving, and do, I find myself apologizing to people. I'm sorry, I was really busy and I had to go here and I had to go to this hospital, I had to do that. People say, oh, that's okay, that's okay. No, I'm apologizing because in my heart, my passion is to serve the person in front of me whoever they are, that's being the family. 
That's being a person that loves Jesus with all their heart. We need to stop being so concerned about our our abilities. A lot of people, they're worried they don't have the necessary abilities to do the job, the ministry well. (laughs) Well, God looked around and he couldn't find anybody, so he used a donkey to speak to the prophet. Amen. He can use any old donkey so he can use me. So often the church is looking for able people and not focusing on the importance of faithfulness. So many times people in leadership and they, they, they get over a, a position and, and they're overseeing a ministry and they just got to find the best people for the job. Hey, I get that. I get that. And I, I, I hire that way. But let me tell you, it's not looking for the able people. It's looking for the faithful people. God will bless the faithful person, not the one that's able. Because a lot of times the one that's able, watch this, you see it, especially if, if you're up there, CEOs and stuff like that, they will hire you for your ability and they'll fire you as quick as, as they can to hire someone cheaper when you've trained everybody to do your job. That's, that's not kingdom. Kingdom is looking for faithful people. Kingdom is looking for people who will stick there no matter what. The kingdom is looking for people who are faithful to the things of God, even though, watch this, I'm going to use terminology, it's bad, they might have to erase it, that you screw up all the time. And then you're all just messing up and just, just feeling guilty all the kids. You're just messing up. God is looking for people that are faithful. In a moment, I'm going to show you a scripture that will change your thinking on that. Because some of you, as Pastor Dan said uh, this morning, and isn't it amazing, Pastor Ryan, the, the one song that I believe we wrote, is totally spoke to this, my message today. God is doing something very unique at Valley Community Church. In 2 Timothy, Paul told Timothy, look for faithful men, not able men, and God will make them able. God will make them able. So you say, I'm willing, but what if I'm not always faithful? What if I make mistakes? What if I fall? What if I'm falling apart? What if things happen in my life and I just can't get it and I'm I'm suffering right now? Let me give you the answer. What is a faithful person? A faithful person is not a person who never makes a mistake. We define faithful as never making a mistake. Let me tell you what that is. That's perfectionism and we will never get there. I don't care how perfect you think you are, you're never going to get to perfectness. It's the enemy saying to you, you're not ready yet. How many of you thought that? I'm not ready. I know I've known the Lord for five years, but I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not, really? A faithful person is described this way, Proverbs 24, 16. Here it is. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. When you fall Get back up. 
I, I'm, I'm just amazed how, you know, there are times just because I'm the pastor, I, I'll notice people, I'll, I'll be out in the foyer and hugging people and they'll walk in and someone will go, walk by me. I wanted to point the finger at him and says, what'd you do this week? You know, who am I to bring judgment? Really? You know, and that's the way we look at it. Oh, if, if only I could be like pastor. Well, ask my wife, ask my kids. I ain't perfect. And we have, but I am faithful. Ask my wife, ask my kids. I'm faithful almost to a fault if there is any such thing. Because I will do what I know God's asked me to do. And I will go the extra mile for it. And I will do it and do it. I'll make mistakes, but I'll do it and do it because that's who I am. Watch this. That's who you are too. That's the way God made you. Faithful. You're faithful. Not able, you're faithful. A faithful person is not a person that never falls. A faithful person is a person that after he falls, he gets back up. That verse describes those people that fall as righteous people. Even though you fall, you're still righteous. Why? Because Jesus Christ did that. Jesus made you righteous by his blood, not by what you do. Perfection is horrible and crippling, and you can never live up to your perfection. Oh, I try sometimes, type A personality. So let me tell you this. Do you know what kind of people have problems with perfection? Let me say that again. You know what kind of people have problems with perfection? Here it is. It's a secret, and you're just going to really be blown away. Perfection. Humans. You and me, every one of us, no, I'm not a perfectionist. Yeah, you got that in you. You know why? Because you got flesh. It started in the garden when the serpent said to Adam and Eve, the serpent said, you can be like God or you can be perfect. If you do this, sin, you'll be perfect. Oh, really? I want to be perfect. Church family, they were already perfect. They were created perfect. Then after sin, that's when imperfection took place. You don't have to be superhuman. You're also not subhuman. You're simply human. So get that. Put it in your craw. If you quit trying to be perfect, then you can do the work of ministry. You know, the paralyzing fear of failure has always held you back in many areas of your life. Stop being held captive by a lie. In a couple weeks, we're going to teach one session, then we'll go into January, but I'm going to be talking about freedom, a breakthrough in freedom from that stuff of your past. The stuff that is held onto you is called bondage. And we're going to get into that place where we're going to understand to have freedom and allow ourselves to walk in victory and laugh at our failures. You know, there are a lot of people that you can't laugh at them. 
because they'll get mad at you. So God is not concerned by what you can or cannot do. He just wants your heart to serve and hear his voice. He will enable you as you keep getting up. So some of you that, uh, as Pastor Dan prophesied over you and gave a word of knowledge and then gave a word of wisdom, is that you must recognize is the only way to move forward is to get back up. A righteous person, you got to get back up. I'm telling you, get up. Get up. You know, I, I, I'm a grandpa of eight grandchildren, and I've probably watched Bambi 150 times. When the dad goes, get up, Bambi. I'm just telling you, get up, family. Get up. Stop allowing your past. Stop allowing the stuff. Stop allowing all the stuff to get you down. Get up. God will enable you. Are we hearing anything here? So the truth is, if you make yourself available, God then will do the rest. Being faithful. So the first qualification is to make yourself available. The second is to just be a servant. Matthew 20, 26, Jesus said this, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And if you study the wording and everything there, it's not really talking about that you got, you know, 150 people following you or a thousand people or your, you know, your business has 500 employees. It's saying if you want to serve others well, then be a servant. And by being a servant, then God, Psalm 75, will raise you up. He'll promote you. Because the Bible says promotion only comes from God. It doesn't come from your ability. It comes from being faithful, and it comes from being a servant, serving, never thinking you're bigger than the job you're doing. Because the job you're doing is that day being a servant and being faithful and helping others. Wow. That makes life easy. Yeah, it does. It does. I can never, learned this a long time ago, I can never by anything that I do change you. Think about it. But if I serve, then I open the door of God's uh, ability to change you. God changes you because I've served you. Let's go on. So the disciples got it backward, arguing, Jesus, who's going to sit at your right hand? Jesus, who do you love most? Who's your best friend? Leadership is different for those who follow Jesus. Instead of focusing on the benefits of leadership, they must serve. In the world, success is typically measured by how many people serve you. But in God's kingdom, success is defined by how many people you serve. That's success. Oh, they have thousands. 
They have this. Look at their business. It's so huge. All right, great. But are they really functioning in the role? Are those people being transformed because of their servant? of the servant mentality, of being faithful to the things of the Lord. That's all of our role. No matter where you're at, no matter where God has set you, no matter God's plan, his vision for you, his purpose for you, your purpose is to be faithful and to serve. Romans 1.1, watch this. Paul introduces himself. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. James 1.1. James says this of himself. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Peter, 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Jude 1.1. 1, 1. Jude introduces himself in the letter. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. In the kingdom of God, being a servant is your highest calling. It is your highest calling. You have a role. I have a role. It's called servanthood. I have, you know, I could brag on many of you today, but I'm going to brag on Jeremy, my assistant. This guy will bend over backwards. I'll text him on his day off and say, Jeremy, wait till tomorrow when you get into work. But I'm going to need this. Hour later, I get a text message. Pastor is done. See, it's not about the job. It's not about the ability. It's not about the day off. It's not, even though I tell him all the time, take your time off. Take your vacations. Take these, these days off. I give staff days off because of the work that they do. And I, I wish I could do more. Not wish. I'm believing to do more for them. But the reality is, is in that, the servanthood, that he does that. He does that. Pastor Dan, uh, last, last week, uh, I think it was, a lot going on, um, he was on vacation. But there were a lot of people that were on vacation too. And he was working on something. He said, you know, I'm just going to cut my vacation short and come into church on Sunday because I just know that a lot of the leadership is on vacation. What, everybody needs to take their vacations and stuff. And, but he did that without, without even batting an eye. Why? Because his role is being a servant. Not that I expected him to do it. We would have gotten through it. We would have done that. It would have been fine. But bottom line, because of the heart of servant, we find Pastor Ryan, we find all the pastors, everybody, Pastor Nolan, Pastor Angel, all the different things. And I want you to recognize is because they know their role as a servant to the body of Christ and to the world. Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Not that the, just the rich. Every part does its share. Little political thing there. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You are a part of a greater body, so you do your share. That's what it's saying. 
In the kingdom, if you have one believer who decides he is greater and doesn't need others, we cannot operate at our best. You know how we operate at our best? That we're in unity. We speak well with one another. We're walking in the confidence of our call and we're serving one another. When we get in this place, some of us, we've come in today and we're devastated with things that are going on. That's what we do. Other people serve you that day. They come and, and hold up your arms. They lift your arms. They hug you. They kiss you on the cheek and all the different things. Why? It's because we serve one another. We recognize when someone's hurting, when someone's down, and we're there for them. But the reality is everyone comes in to serve. Everyone comes in in unity. Everyone comes in and we're blessed. And we like every, every worship song, not just a few. In the kingdom, if you have one believer who decides he's greater, then you got problems in the body of Christ. And that's what we have in churches today. Everyone wants to serve in their gift. Now listen to this. Everyone wants to serve in their gift. So let's forget about that for a moment, the gift. If you serve somewhere, your gift will make room for you. Not tomorrow, not after 10 hours of doing it, not after three hours, not after a week. Your gift will make room because you've been faithful. Because watch this, your gift, the power of your gift comes from God. And the release of your gift comes from being faithful and serving. Wow. That's what it is. You got people upstairs, you know, worship team. You have you have some churches that pay everybody. They got an usher, they pay him. They got they got a greeter, they pay him. They got a teacher, they pay him. We don't pay everybody. It's serving because we're kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, you serve even if it's not your final place. Well, I'm called to this, and I can't do that because I'm called to this. Serve, and God will open the door for your final place. And you know what I found out with people? Because I've worked with people all these years. Usually they think it's this. Then after they become faithful and serve and just love people, all of a sudden they really find out what they're called to do. And a lot of times, it's not really what they thought. Because a lot of times, we want, you know, we grow up as kids wanting to be a professional baseball player, you know, soccer player, whatever it is. Well, not many people become that. And so, okay, then you can be a police officer. Well, not many people become that. Well, then you want to be, you know, after a while, after about 20 different dreams, you finally figure out by being faithful to working at McDonald's or working here or working there, then you finally find the job in your career. By the way, it's kingdom in this, even in this world. People don't realize God's still in control. Did you know that the statistics shows that most people find their careers at the age of 35? And people are dying. I don't know what I'm going to do or what's going to happen in my life. I'm still working at Burger King. Be faithful and serve. Before you know you be faithful, serve, you'll become a manager. Instead of making $3 an hour, you make $4 an hour. 
hey, I had work, I had jobs, I didn't get paid much. I started here. I got $200 a month. Wow. I went out and bought a new car, a new house. I went, really? And, and, and the point, but I knew that I was supposed to be here, so I just served. And out of serving, my wife and I went to North Carolina, and then we were appointed as supervisors, not even looking for that. Because we were led of the Holy Spirit. We were led of that, and each time we served. And when we became supervisor, we appointed others to help lead. And I always lifted them up, put them on the platform. You see, a lot of times when people get positions, they're always up there talking. Man, I was grabbing people, throwing them up on the platform. Get up there, speak. Well, I can't do that, Pastor. No, you are. You're the supervisor. No, get up there and speak. Because I knew they had a call in their life and they just needed to serve. You, you see what I'm talking about? It's, it's at your work, whatever it is. You know, you're, you're at work. Now, I know some unions or whatever, you know, you can only pick up a nail and not a hammer. You know, that's what they tell you, the rules. But the bottom line is, you know, if you're there and you got the nail and then someone's over there taking care of something, pick up the, I'm going to say it, pick up the dumb hammer and pound the nail. Amen? Right, Ben? Yeah, this, this guy, that's what he did all his life. He just served people. And, and the reality, you do that, and all of a sudden, what happens is that you, that will be recognized. Watch this. Not recognized by man, recognized by God. Psalm 75, he'll promote you. He'll give you the more money. He'll give you the salary. He'll give you what God planned for you. But everything today is, you know, what someone can give you. No, it's what you can do. I heard a president years ago, well, I was a child. What this, not what this country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. It's not what the church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. And what is the church? Not this building. It's people. So first, just be available. Second, be a servant. And third requirement is to be a minister. You may think you're not qualified or educated or training. Listen, in myself, what I'm doing today, what I've done all these years, I wasn't qualified, I wasn't educated, I wasn't trained enough. It was a lot of on-the-job training. Paul the Apostle said this, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Paul admitted he was not sufficient to fulfill his call. Paul said his sufficiency or our sufficiency comes from God himself. But you have to be faithful. You have to serve. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5 and 6 says this in the Amplified. Watch this. Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power 
<clears throat> excuse me, and ability and sufficiency are from God. It is He who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient. Hello, fit and worthy and sufficient people because of God. As ministers and dispensers of the new covenant of salvation through Christ, not ministers of the letter of legally written code, but of the Spirit. For the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. According to the Bible, you are a minister made by God. You are sufficient. So you are in full-time ministry. So the question, and we're closing with this, how do you think police officers, nurses, and construction workers are reached with the gospel? Do we wait for them to stroll into the doors here? It takes people like you to find them and to serve them. Businesses and employees are just a cover. Being a business owner, employee, is just a cover for the work of the kingdom. Your business, your job, pays for your ministry. It does. That's the reason why you're working, is to pay for your ministry. So you have a cover. You are a minister and are the called. We're talking about our role. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you are specifically placed by God to minister in that environment. That's why when you have difficulty in jobs and everything, I always say, don't quit. Why? Because maybe God placed you there to be the answer. You might take some guff, but to be the answer for that supervisor, that boss, that owner, or that co-worker that you work with. That co-worker could be the next Billy Graham, and only you, God, had planned you to lead him to Christ. So what are you doing with that? What are you doing uh, if you rent out a home to people? What are you doing with them? making sure they're paying every month. I know that's hard. Sometimes they don't pay. But my question to you, what are you doing to serve them? What are you doing to touch people's lives? As a young person, I know you're, you're, you're looking around and, and everybody's telling you what you need to be. You, you read a blog or you watch something and, and they tell you, this is who you are. A song tells you, this is who you are. I'm telling you what God says who you are, and he's the one that created you. And I'm asking you to be part of the body of Christ. I'm asking you, if you haven't already, join and make that decision of being faithful. See, being a member of the church, I'm a member of Valley Community Church. No, you're a member of the body of Christ. But when you choose to do that, go online and and fill it out or fill out the paperwork in the foyer and you join the church, what you're saying, I am going to do these three things. And I'm going to be equipped. I'm going to be faithful in every area and I am going to be equipped to have intimacy with God 
and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to win people to Jesus Christ. Next Sunday, we're going to have water baptism. And I would say, if you know someone's getting water baptized, bring the whole city with you. Because that's your son or granddaughter, or that's your dad or mom or sister or brother. And you bring them and show them. Why? Because you're a servant. Your role is to lead people to Christ. Our purpose at Valley is to allow everyone to have an ability to have intimacy with God. So our job in the church is to equip you for that purpose. That's why we do what we do. With all the limitations you face at work, let me remind you, your biggest job, primary task, is to show the love of Jesus. What is your role? Think about it. Are you available? Are you serving? And you are a minister. God placed that in you. Let's all stand. Hallelujah.